are so fortunate to have him. We need to support him. This should be your number one priority. Facing an existential threat to his department, Minneapolis Police Chief Madeira Arredondo found support among a group of vocal, concerned citizens. This council needs to fully support its chief, something some on this council have not done. I trust the chief. I trust that he knows what he's doing. A pro-police grassroots movement? Not entirely. I get an email from the city, and it is 900 pages of emails that are between Bill Rodriguez and the mayor's office and the police chief's office and Alon Dracano, and it really casts this group in a whole new light. From the Minnesota Reformer, this is Reformer Radio. I'm Max Nesterak. Hundreds of emails obtained by the reformer show Minneapolis's police chief coordinated closely with a startup group called Operation Safety Now. And Councilmember Andrew Johnson told me that it was unprecedented for a department head, as Ardondo is, to be engaged in this sort of a PR campaign to shape public opinion around his department's budget. The group's entire existence seems to be a handful of influential people and a Facebook page. Its founding member, who said his home was burglarized in South Minneapolis, well, it's not entirely clear whether he even lives in the city. She told me that Bill Rodriguez had never lived there. It's Friday, June 4th. Logan Carroll, where does this story begin? Well, uh, I think it starts in Powderhorn Park on June 7th. When nine Minneapolis City Council members took to the stage at a big community meeting. So give it up for them. Yes. They out here, y'all. This is brave. And pledged to abolish the Minneapolis Police Department. To end policing as we know it. And to recreate systems of public safety that actually keep us safe. This council is going to dismantle this police department. Consistency, your power and your strength allows me to be here today showing up as a person who believes that we should and can abolish our current Minneapolis police system. It was two weeks after the murder of George Floyd. The mass unrest and violence was still fresh in everyone's minds, but it was really the result of years of organizing by a couple community groups, uh, Reclaim the Block, especially taking the lead, and Black Visions Collective, which they're very closely related. They've been building up this infrastructure to defund the Minneapolis Police Department, and at this moment, they decided that the opportunity was right uh, to pass a charter amendment that would strike the requirement for a police department from the Minneapolis City Charter, but it got thwarted shortly after that. The Minneapolis City Council's proposal to replace MPD didn't find much support with the Charter Commission. I think it's ill-planned. It's ill-conceived. The Charter Commission pulled this weird procedural move. The Charter Commission can't block the council proposal forever, but it can legally take another 90 days to review, effectively keeping the council's proposal off the November ballot. So, after that... The city council, uh, again, working with this, these uh, activists and organizers, decide that they're going to instead, as a first step, go after the budget. And amid that, there's this big push, but then there's this big sort of backlash 
because there was this rise in crime. Um, crime's been rising across the country, but especially following the unrest after the murder of George Floyd, there was a real surge in crime and violent crime here in Minneapolis that really like alarmed a lot of people and had some people rethinking whether they wanted to support defunding the police. And so along comes this gentleman named Bill Rodriguez, who one day just puts out a call on next door looking for people who can, you know, tell their story about crime, their experiences as victims of crime. And who is Bill Rodriguez? Yeah, so <laughs> Bill Rodriguez uh, says he's a Minneapolis resident who is concerned about crime. Um, he's also a PR professional. Uh, you know, he did marketing and PR for Snap Fitness for a number of years and has recently set off on his own and started his own marketing and PR consultancy. Now, he originally, just like in the days after George Floyd was murdered, seems to have supported the defund movement. He posted to Facebook calling critics of defund ridiculous for claiming that it would result in mass chaos. But then something for him changes, and he essentially starts building this organizing infrastructure that the pro-MPD side was missing. Um, and he names it all Operation Safety Now. Which is different from Operation Safety Net. Mm -hmm. That was that coalition with National Guard state troopers to kind of uh, aim to keep the peace and, and stop destruction during the trial of Derek Chauvin. Yes, yes. So tell me about this group, Operation Safety Now. Uh, who's a member of this group? What do they do? So Operation Safety Now primarily exists as a Facebook page where they have less than a thousand followers and just share stories about crime in Minneapolis, op-eds criticizing the city council, and, you know, praises of Chief Ardondo. But Rodriguez also puts his PR and marketing skills to work for the movement and starts arranging media appearances. A citizens group just started this Facebook page a few days ago called Operation Safety Now. And mostly for him. The head of the group tells me their message is aimed at Mayor Jacob Fry and the city council. They are not listening to what people are telling them, which is we want action now. We don't want He goes on KSTP to talk to Jay Coles, where he tells his story, sort of explains how he shifted. The biggest scare that we had was the fact that uh, somebody broke in through the front door. Bill Rodriguez tells me he and his wife were in bed upstairs. When somebody kicks in the front door and then goes just door to door down the block trying to pry open his neighbor's front doors. While he and his wife called 911, he says dispatch told him to do this. In the meantime, stay upstairs, keep the door closed, and a bat in your hands. And we'll get there as quickly as we can. Rodriguez says it took 15 minutes for police to arrive. So quite a harrowing story. Yeah, certainly a harrowing story, definitely. And in addition to getting members in front of the media... He's also very good at getting people to turn out to public hearings. Like the uh, November 16th is the first public hearing at the Minneapolis City Council about the budget. We have 166 speakers signed up to speak today. We will be taking... The main focus of the public's attention at this time is on the police budget. The mayor's proposed his budget, which is across the board cuts 
to mm -hmm. the city budget. And this is because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And yeah, and the uh, ensuing economic downturn. But the Minneapolis City Council wants to take it a little bit further. They want to cut an additional $8 million from the police department's budget and move it to the Office of Violence Prevention, which is a pretty small part of the $179 million budget. But there's this other issue that turns out to be very important. There is a cap. There's a maximum number of police officers that the city is legally allowed to hire. We are hundreds of officers below that and were at this point. So in a lot of ways, it was like a hypothetical imaginary number. But the city council wanted to lower it from 888 down to about 750. And the mayor wanted to keep it where it was. So the first speaker at this hearing, Mr. Bill Rodriguez, is Bill Rodriguez. Welcome. Press star six. Good morning. My family in South Minneapolis is among the many that has been hit by crime. And he and launches into Operation Safety Now's signature talking point that we need a both end approach to public safety. This is not an either or choice. We need both, both police officers and, and reform. reform. And we need both the police and public safety alternatives. And throughout the meeting, we keep hearing that with slight variations. We can fully fund the police and alternative forms of violence prevention without raiding the police budget. Time the, and time. the conversations about police reform and also public safety do not have to be mutually exclusive. I don't know why this has to be an either or proposition. We need both. And another theme that we hear a lot is supporting Minneapolis Police Chief Madeira Arredondo. We are so fortunate to have him. We need to support him. This should be your number one priority. But since year one, he has been laughed at, belittled, scolded, disrespected, undermined by city leadership. I trust the chief. I trust that he knows what he's doing. He has the expertise. But then you start hearing that there may be more to this group than just its appearance as a grassroots organization of concerned citizens who've been affected by crime. Yeah. So Patrick Kulikan, the uh, editor here at The Reformer, uh, passed along a tip to me. Somebody said, hey, look at this Operation Safety Now group. They look like they may be an AstroTurf organization. AstroTurf meaning fake grass, so fake grassroots. Yeah, exactly. There's a great John Oliver episode about it if anyone wants more. <laughs> Astroturfing is the practice of corporations or political groups disguising themselves as spontaneous, authentic, popular movements. It's basically fake grassroots. That's why they call it astroturfing. It's a very funny, very clever name. Now, you are probably familiar... So I put in a records request to the city of Minneapolis looking for emails from uh, the police chief and the mayor's office to a couple of email addresses that are associated with this group. And what I was looking for was an email that had the list of the names of the leaders of this group. And so I put that in, in mid-December. And then what happened? Yeah. <laughs> well, nothing, and nothing, and more nothing, and I completely forgot about it. But Operation Safety Now kept showing up in the press. They, they even get an article. Bill Rodriguez has like a profile written about him in the French-language Paris-based Le Parisien. Mm, um, fancy. Very fancy. So this is all going on. And then on March 18th, I get an email from the city. Uh, I get the results of my 
public records request. And it is 900 pages of emails that are between Bill Rodriguez and the mayor's office and the police chief's office and Alon Dracano, as well as uh, a gentleman named Eric Juan, who is working with Bill Rodriguez. And it really cast this group in a whole new light, very different from their public face. Okay. Uh, so what do these emails say? Yeah, they show a few things. Uh, they show the level to which Rodriguez and his collaborator coordinated with city officials to support the MPD, and that's uh, including and especially uh, police chief Ardondo and Mayor Jacob Fry. Like for example, uh, for that first public hearing, Bill Rodriguez checks in with uh, Ardondo's executive assistant, Natasha Hansen, after the meeting, and he writes, quote, Seems like the first half was overwhelmingly pro-Minneapolis Police Department, the second half more balanced. So they're just checking in about how things are going. There's also a string of emails that show Ardondo's office and Ardondo personally coordinating about preparing a script, Rodriguez calls it, for a fake interview that Arredondo eventually does with a member of Operation Safety Now that gets posted to Facebook. Welcome, my name is Yvonne Cheek and I'm here today to talk to our police chief, Arredondo. In this video, this member of Safety Now just tees up Arredondo to explain, for instance, why people need to go out and speak to the city council about the city budget. How important is it to you that citizens show up to ask their questions and to be a part of these deliberations? That's a great question, Ms. Cheek. Um, uh, a dear uh, aunt of mine used to always tell me as a child that the world is run by those who show up. And this interview ends with the interviewer, an Operation Safety Now member, telling the chief. I think you need more opportunities to get in front of people to show your real self because we want a little wow. bit more of you than what we're getting mm -hmm. to share your inner self. And Ardondo just smiles and says, wow. Hmm. Um, and I'll just I'll just break the fourth wall here to note for listeners that this is also a fake interview um, <laughs> in that you and I, Logan, have sketched out what we want to cover here. Oh, and re and re and re recorded. <laughs> you know the questions. I know the answers. Um, but we're doing this because I'm standing in for the listener and moving this thing along. Um, and this format is common in broadcasting. We call it a debrief or a two way. But the difference, I'll note, is that you are a journalist who was paid for your reporting by the reformer, and your byline is at the top of the piece. And I'll note this is not something we do or would do for a source like a politician or a police chief. Yeah, and we didn't know that Arredondo was coordinating with safety. Now, I mean, obviously, it's a very friendly exchange. We, we know they're on the same page. But we didn't understand that Arredondo's office reviewed the script for it. It looked like a community citizen interviewing their yeah. police chief um, and him responding to citizen concerns. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we see the same kind of close coordination in another string of emails that begin with Bill Rodriguez emailing Natasha Hansen, uh, Ardondo's executive assistant, saying, I need these three pieces of information. 
Now, to get all the answers that he's looking for in the end, Hansen needs to loop in the uh, chief financial officer for the department, the uh, director of the special operations division, a department analyst, and Ardando himself. And yet, Rodriguez gets his answers in 24 hours. Hmm. He then takes this data that they give him and outlines several infographics that he intends to use on the Operation Safety Now website. He then sends those outlines to Hansen and this chief financial officer, Robin McPherson, for review and revision. And McPherson responds that she's sending these outlines to Arredondo to personally review because he's, quote, a much better wordsmith than I am and may want to change some of the wording to coincide with some of his comments in the past. So again, to summarize, there's this group that looks like a grassroots group that's coordinating with the police chief, even down to the language written on infographics that are then posted to this Facebook group. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, let me tee up another fake question for you here. <laughs> I'll hit it out of the park. <laughs> what else do you learn about Bill Rodriguez through your reporting? So Rodriguez doesn't live in Minneapolis, or at least he's not registered to vote here. He's registered to vote in Richfield. And I learned this through online sleuthing. So to confirm it in the real world, I went to the address that he listed when he signed up to speak at that November 16th budget hearing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Nobody answered the door when I knocked, but there was a neighbor doing something on her porch next door. So I went up and talked to her and she told me that Bill Rodriguez's ex-wife had lived in the house until just a couple weeks prior and that Bill Rodriguez had never lived there. Hmm. So what are we to make then of this story he told to KSTP about hiding in the closet with a baseball bat Mm -hmm. in South Minneapolis? Well, a month after that, he spoke to Southwest Journal and told them a different story. He told them that his ex-wife had had a break-in at her house which was also a major red flag. So I pulled the uh, the 911 incident report where the officer on the scene wrote that the front door was open. Rodriguez Mm -hmm. said it had been kicked open or pried open. And the officer on the scene wrote that it was open. He didn't know why. And that it appeared to be a false alarm and that there was no evidence of a burglary. Additionally, Rodriguez said that this person had just gone door to door prying open doors I looked at the Minneapolis crime map and there are no crimes listed as having taken place on that night um, for at least two blocks in any direction Hmm. from this house. You've reached out to Bill Rodriguez and Eric Juan. Have you been able to talk to either of them? No, I haven't. How do Mayor Jacob Fry and Police Chief Madeira Arredondo explain this coordination? Well... The MPD doesn't. They didn't respond to requests for comments. Mm -hmm. And Jacob Fry's office said through a spokesperson that Fry was, quote, grateful to the hundreds of Minneapolis residents and local advocacy organizations who engaged his team directly on a defining issue for our city. Mm -hmm. Okay. What about the city council? What do city council members say about this? 
So Council President Lisa Bender told me that it was very frustrating because they routinely request information from the police department and very rarely get it in a timely fashion, uh, as opposed to Bill Rodriguez, who got information back within a day. Mm-hmm. Andrew Johnson told me that it was unprecedented for a department head, as Ardondo is, to be engaged in this sort of a PR campaign to shape public opinion around his department's budget. So he's drawing a distinction between maybe the work that Reclaim the Block and other community groups have done with city council members on uh, the pro-defund and replace MPD side with the police chief, a non-elected official, coordinating with a, a group. Yeah, and on the other hand, uh, I spoke to council member Lisa Goodman, who told me that she didn't see any difference between those two things. So the emails show Operation Safety Now, Bill Rodriguez and Eric Wan coordinating with the police chief and the mayor. Mm-hmm. Is that all they were doing? No, they were also lobbying several council members directly. So let's step back to where we began that uh, pledge at Powderhorn Park on June 7th. Three of the council members who were on the stage and pledged to abolish the MPD were Andrew Johnson, Council Vice President Andrea Jenkins, and Alondra Cano. Then, on November 10th, those three voted with the pro-MPD block of the council to approve one-time funding for the MPD to pay other law enforcement agencies to come in and to provide support. Now, because of that vote... Operation Safety Now identified these three as potential swing votes. That's Alondra Cano, Andrea Jenkins, and Andrew Johnson. Yes, were the swing votes. So they reached out to Andrew Johnson and spoke to him several times. But in the end, he wound up voting against them. They reached out to Andrea Jenkins, who, at least in the emails we got, didn't really respond or talk to them. But though she did eventually vote with them. But... Alonjakano engaged with them, talked to them, did a little bit more than that, and then also eventually voted in favor of their positions. So what do you mean when you say Kano appears to have done more than just email with this group? So there's this timeline of events that's kind of important here that I just want to get into a little bit. Um, at the end of October, Kano told Minnesota Public Radio that she was, quote, undeterred in the push to abolish the MPD. Then on November 10th, she makes this vote, which gets her identified as a potential swing vote. About a week after that, Bill Rodriguez begins reaching out to her policy aide, trying to get a meeting with Cano. And and Rodriguez writes to Cano's policy aide that he's going to loop in his collaborator, Eric Wan, who he says has extensive connections to the federal, state, and city governments, including a position on the Capital Long Range Investment Committee. And Rodriguez writes, quote, given his connections, he'd be in a position to help Ms. Cano with some of what she wants to achieve for the Lake Street Corridor and the Latino community. Mm-hmm. So the men meet with Cano, uh, Rodriguez and Juan, on November 19th. And the morning after the meeting, Cano writes an email introducing them to members of the Lake Street Latino Business Association. She writes, 
to the business members, quote, I shared that the LSLBA is looking for fundraising and capacity support. So then that same day, Rodriguez begins writing to the Lake Street Latino Business Association proposing a meeting. And he proposes an agenda for the meeting that has two items. The first is the ways we can help stand up businesses along the Lake Street corridor. And the second is the importance of the Latino voice to be heard at the December 2nd public hearing in favor of the mayor's budget. There's then this string of emails where they hammer out the details, and in every one there is constantly this this intermeshing of these two issues, where Juan and Rodriguez describe what they can do to benefit the uh, Lake Street Latino Business Association and what they want from them in exchange. There's never an explicit tit for tat, you give us this, we'll give you that, but they talk about these things back-to-back, constantly and repeatedly. So this all happens mid-November. And then in December, Kano, when it comes down to it, when there's finally this vote on the budget, Kano votes in line with them on a key issue. And that's that police staffing levels, that really wonky issue that is frequently cited as their number one victory. Kano, along with Jenkins, gives them that victory. And what does Kano say about this? Kano declined to comment about this incident in particular, though she did tell me by text message that she her, her thinking on the issue began to evolve after five people were shot in one day in mm-hmm. her ward. So Kano doesn't explain or defend the meetings with Bill Rodriguez and Eric Wan and says her position has changed because of violent crime in her ward. That's correct. And in fact, she told me that uh, Juan and Rodriguez never met with the Lake Street Latino Business Association, even though uh, Eric Juan's Facebook page said that he was an economic development consultant for the Lake Street Latino Business Association. Hmm. What is Operation Safety Now doing now? Yeah. So this debate about public safety in Minneapolis is ongoing, and there are two charter amendments that voters will be asked to decide on come November. The first is very similar to what the city council tried to do last year, which would enable them to get rid of the police department in favor of a new public safety department under their control. Okay. And what's the other charter amendment? The other charter amendment would radically overhaul Minneapolis's city government and move us to what is called a strong mayor system. Essentially, it would strip the city council of most of their power and give it to the mayor. They are organizing against the first charter amendment and in favor of the second. Mm -hmm. And in addition to the charter amendments, they're also looking to reshape the city council. They have announced a slate of endorsements of city council candidates, which, if successful, would unseat almost the entire progressive wing Mm -hmm. of the council. Logan Carroll, thank you so much for your reporting. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was nice. and uh, I appreciate all the help and guidance I got on this project. This show was produced by me, Max Nesterak, and edited by Patrick Kulikin. Special thanks to Johnny Vince Evans, who composed our theme. 
I'd love to hear from you. So send your feedback and ideas to max at Minnesota Reformer, all spelled out, dot com. I'd also love it if you left us a positive review on podcast apps so others can find us and tell your friends and family to subscribe. We'll be back next week with a new show. Have a great weekend.